Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Locker Room. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerino. Alongside me is my co-host and great friend, Jordan Navarro. Jordan, I don't know about what you think, but I'm glad to be back after about a month and a half off. I've missed doing this. I miss seeing your beautiful face. How have you been? I've been absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, life is good. You know, I won, I won our fantasy football league. A lot has happened in, in the last month and a half. Um, it is good to be back. It was good to take a break for a little bit, re- recharge the batteries. But uh, you got a new, you got a new setup. I see your voice is sounding wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I went out and got myself a, a Yeti X. Got the ten year anniversary one. I like it so far. Uh, sponsors, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's working out good. And, and I got to give a shout out to um, me, Hermano, Zachary Tellerino for um, these beautiful headphones. You know, noise cancellation. They're meant for gaming, but I use them for this and uh, gaming, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd like to formally congratulate you before we get in on winning our fantasy football league. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, it was a road of pain for me against you this year. As I, um, I lost three times to you, not once, hey. not twice, but three times, three separate occasions. Listen, listen, man. I, you know, you were the sacrificial lamb, you know, and what you you only lost four times on the year. I did. So I mean, you can take solace in the fact yeah. that you can beat everyone but me. Yeah, it was it was a uh, gut wrenching. You know, I. I get to the playoffs after last year's abysmal performance. I, that's behind me. But, um, you know, when it, when the time came, I uh, choked under pressure. I, I pulled a Romo, as they say. But you did it. I don't know how you did it. You made some amazing trades. You went on like a, what was it, eight-game win streak? Uh, it was, let's see, I started off one in four and I finished 13 and four. So 12 yeah, game, 12 game. Yeah. Oh my God. How'd we let this happen? And, <laughs> and Nate, if you're listening, you know, uh, please don't hurt me. I want to stay on your good side. I, I saw what happened with Zan and you did great this year and I'm looking forward to that dynasty league. But, um, other than that, I say we get right into it. I'm, I'm with that, man. I'm with that. Yeah. So since we've been gone, it's um it's been a long road in the NFL. I believe there was still two or three weeks left in the regular season since our last episode, and oh. boy, it's been a an up and down season as a fan. But thank God we got Cincinnati coming out of the AFC instead of Yo Shiesty. Joe Burr. Yo, shout out to Cincinnati real quick, though, for real. Before we get into this, because we're going to talk about last week's matchups, shout out to Cincinnati. You know what? Everyone thought you had a bad head coach, an overrated quarterback. You guys didn't draft offensive linemen for him. You got sacked nine times against Tennessee. But Joe Shiesty is that guy. All right? He's that guy, pal. Shout out to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. You know, don't punch any more women and you'll be all right. <laughs> but you know what? What a team, man. What a fun team to root for. You know, it 
it was great seeing Joe out there just carving up the defenses this playoffs. But there has been some bad with uh, the offensive line. But they get it done against Kansas City in Kansas City twice this year. Not once, but twice. Most people can't even do that in one season. I mean, look at the Raiders. And you know what's really funny? It almost felt like, as a 49er fan, right, the whole Rams thing, which we'll get into after this, I'm sure. But it uh, <laughs> it was it was almost like that. The first time they beat them, Jamar Chase went nuclear. And in the first half of this previous playoff game, Jamar Chase really didn't do anything. And it felt like they had finally done it. They it felt like they had finally like beat them. Like they like, oh, we figured out how to stop Jamar Chase. And Cincinnati's not doing that well. And then in the second half, Patrick Mahomes got PTSD from the Super Bowl, apparently, because he couldn't throw. No, no one could get open. The Cincinnati defense is good. It's not elite, but it's good. And they played elite in the second half. And it, they just they just fell apart. And it felt a lot like the Rams and they went up 17 to nothing on the Niners. You know, Eli Apple was looking like a sad DB most of the game, but he, he didn't, he came up when they needed it most, but um, we'll get into some of Kansas city's mishaps later. This is the first Super Bowl for the Bengals since the eighties. Yeah. But what I can't believe Kansas city was up 21 to three. And this offense was able to just drive down basically in the second half. And they looked, unstoppable run and pass game the whole playoffs i mean that buffalo game it was like dude like if you if that buffalo team showed up like 10 weeks ago right yeah that game would have been a blowout kansas city would have scored maybe 15 16 points yeah and everyone's like oh they've been figured out it's don't ever listen patrick mahomes is uber talented okay you're never gonna figure him out did they have trouble against cover two and two deep safeties? Yes. He figured it out. Okay. He, he figured it out. He hit the books. So. I mean, he, he had to be doing something to pass the time with uh, living with his wife and his brother. I just, I mean, their offense looked unstoppable yeah. going. I mean, even through the first half, like you said. And then what I think really screwed Kansas city is they decided to try to get a touchdown instead of the field goal right before the end of the half, and they did it in the last game against Cincinnati. And looking back on it now, they get that field goal. They're they're the Super Bowl. So We don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah, they would have been up three. Well, yeah, but the game ended 27 to 24. True, true. But do you think that was – Andy Reid's choice, or do you think it was offensive coordinator? Mm, I feel like it was probably a team choice. I feel like they don't make those choices without consulting Patrick Mahomes. So I feel like it was probably a, 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 a consensus across the board. I can't remember. Was it third and goal? or I want to say it was third and goal. Yeah. yeah. I – if, if that was me, I would have I kicked the points. You're already up, and they always say, just get points on the board. 
You've tried two times before. You're not getting it done. I think with Harrison Buckner, too, I mean, he's basically automatic. I think it was a wrong play call, too. The play design, I think, was very weak. I mean, Eli Apple made a, a great tackle. Like, let's yes. not take anything away from Eli Apple. He made a great tackle. Yes. Tyreek Hill would have walked that in if Eli Apple didn't make that tackle. But I think they they designed way better plays in the second oh, half yeah. in, in the red zone. I I was shocked they went with that play call. But all in all, they had some critical turnovers in the second half. They had the one interception overtime, but the interception before that, the big man for Cincinnati, one of the D linemen gets the interception. That changed the whole game right there. And you know what? You are exactly right. Patrick Mahomes' two interceptions really did kind of kill their momentum, especially the one you just talked about. Yeah. Uh, I think it was DJ Reader that got that. I want to uh, – maybe not. It might have been BJ Hill. I think it was BJ Hill. I couldn't remember the tackle. But – uh. Did it almost seem like – because on the sidelines, McCall Hardman was kind of arguing with Tyreek Hill and the quarterback's coach saying, hey, man, I'm getting open. Yeah. And you know what? In the Green Bay game – I don't know why I keep relating everything to the Niners, but I'm not meaning to, I promise. But Aaron Rodgers had Alan Lazard wide open at the end of that game against the Niners. Wide open. Nobody near him. Yep. He decided to throw into double coverage to Devontae Adams. That's how the game ended. No one's going to fault him for throwing to Devontae Adams. I would throw to Devontae Adams 40 times a game. That's (laughs) cool. But I almost feel like Patrick Mahomes had an Aaron Rodgers moment. He completely lacked confidence in anyone outside of Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill to get it done. Because look at what they did in the first half. Jarek McKinnon had a really solid first half. He was open in the flat most of the game. McCole Hardman had three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. He only had four targets. Yeah. I I think where this comes is I can't – was it McKinnon who stepped out of bounds with a pass? Uh, Yeah, I think it was McKinnon. That and Hardman, ever since the start of the playoffs – He's, I think he's been doing this for a couple weeks because if you look back at the, I believe it was the Pittsburgh game, he was, he fumbled the ball and he was down on himself. I think that right there, I think when Mahomes looking at it, he's like, okay, I can either go to one of the fastest receivers in the league who I'm, they have a great connection. They always have. I can go to Kels, who's been a security blanket for him since Kansas City, or I can go to Hardman, who's been a head case really yelling at people on the sideline and and had the fumble, who maybe he didn't think Hardman's confidence was all there. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like, I mean, of course that could have happened, but, like, I've said it all year. I don't think there's more than two weapons on this team. I really do think it's just Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. But at some point, like Michael Jordan passing it to Steve Kerr or John Paxson, you're going to have to let somebody other than the star player make the play. Yeah. Because they're not going to continue to let Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey beat them. They weren't going to let Travis Kelsey do what he did in Buffalo. 
they are against Buffalo. They weren't going to let that happen. You're right. And I'm, I think they've, they've never really trusted anyone outside. They never have. I think if someone goes down, you see and, Marcus Robinson get yeah. like six catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. And it's just like, why can't he get yeah. four or five targets a game? I think it's going to be interesting, though, next season. We'll get into that later because Chiefs have a lot of free agents. And before we get into that, I want to read off some stats from this game. Joe Burrow had a solid game, 23 for 28, 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. But who I thought their best offensive player was was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, 88 for 21. Very solid, but he came up on the first downs when it mattered most oh, on yeah. his he runs. Ate, he ate yes. a lot of yardage to uh, set up that field goal. Shout out to Shooter McPherson too. I didn't, I didn't mention <laughs> him at the beginning. Shooter, I don't know if you heard, but they actually ran out of uh, McPherson jerseys on like the player shop online. I, would not, I wouldn't be shocked. And they ended up having to go to the customized jerseys to order his number and name and they ran out of those so they put out a statement saying it's going to take up to two months for people to get their jerseys hey mcpherson is swaggy him and justin tucker bring in bring energy to the kicker position that's what we like to see as pat McAfee would say punters and kickers are people too man of course man they're athletes too for the brand shout out to pat and then the best wide receiver for this game was actually t higgins who out of the three has been, I'm not going to say the worst, but he he hasn't been as great as Tyler Boyd or Jamar Chase, but he had an amazing game. Well, in, in the playoffs. Yeah, in the, in in the, the playoffs. Regular, I think I want to say he yeah. had like 1,200 yards. This yeah, in, in the playoffs, I should have I clarified. Yeah. But, um, yeah, six for 103, great game. And then on the Chiefs side, Mahomes, you know, he had a solid game, 26 for 39. 275 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, which they were critical. They were both interceptions were not good timing. They were, like we said earlier, momentum killers. But Kels, solid game, uh, 10 for 91, 100 touch or not 100 touchdowns, one touchdown. Tyree Hill, seven for 78, one touchdown. What Cincinnati's done well in both games is shut down those two. They both caught touchdowns, but they were both red zone touchdowns. They they were within five yards. Yeah, you can't let uh can't yeah. let Tyreek go for 170, 180. Cause it's 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 almost like they, they're playing a video game and like they hit one of the deep shots and Patrick Mahomes is like, Well, I'm gonna throw like three or four more of them. And Tyreek Hill's like, I guess I'm gonna catch three or four more of them. <laughs> I he just been running, man. And um, some some things that I thought during this game was was Patrick Mahomes trying to do too much. That's why I said he got PTSD yeah. from the Super Bowl. Yeah. I feel like in the second half, dude. So the last when he got strip sacked by Sam Hubbard. Yeah. Shout out to Trey Hendrickson and Sam <laughs> Hubbard for changing that defense. By the way, um, I feel like he was sitting back there. He's like, well, I don't want to throw the ball out of bounds and stop the clock. And I want to try to get something off here. I want to make a play. 
and there's just nothing. And at some point, there's going to be nothing. And he tried to – also, I feel like he didn't have confidence in Kelsey. Kelsey came open over the middle. He could have thrown it. It would have been a tight throw. You're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's made throws like that for the past, what, three years? Yeah. yeah. Like, And it's Travis Kelsey. You have yeah. an athletic freak. Like, you got to trust him to make a play there. I mean, your season is literally relying yeah. on it. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I feel like he just tried to do way too much down the stretch. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're trying to extend the play that long, you're tiring out your offensive line. Yep. You're tiring out your receivers because they're running around. And it's it's not helpful. I mean, just throw the ball away if you have to. Some of those times in the pocket, I feel like he could have just stepped up or ran and he yeah. started doing ballerina circles, which is fine. I mean, it makes for a flashy play and he can do that. But, like, you don't always have to make a play harder than – Harder than it is. Yeah. I think that's got to be his biggest improvement in these big time games. You know, re- regular season, he's amazing. He always has been. But past couple playoff games, that's happened to him. I think this is something where he needs to just look back and number, number one, gain more confidence in his teammates. And number two, realize it's okay to not try to force the ball you know what's crazy outside like i feel like the buffalo game is going to be josh allen and patrick mahomes it's probably gonna be their best playoff game yeah. like statistically the defenses just didn't show up yeah. but the game i feel like he played his best patrick mahomes played his best football and uh, and all of his attributes were on display at the highest level was last year's super bowl against tampa and he yeah. lost it because his offensive line was me and you in three high schoolers. Now, is that a valid excuse? It is valid. But also those backups, that's the biggest game in your career. You got to get up for that. So it it sucks they lost that way. And it is really detrimental to to that team. Everyone's saying they're a dynasty. And they got manhandled by Tampa. I understand why, but they did get manhandled. One ring dynasty. That's I mean... But that I feel like that was Patrick Mahomes' best game. Yeah. I mean, the throws he's, he was making and putting it on the numbers, they just couldn't catch it. Yeah. We saw – was it Hill who dropped one? He yeah, dropped – My man's was parallel to the ground yeah. and threw it, and his, his yeah. knuckles were on the grass through what spiral. And the guy was just like, I'm just not going to catch this. All hands team right there. <laughs> But um, another thing I was thinking is they this might have been their last chance to really get everyone back together because they have 26 unrestricted free agents, and two of them are really key players in Tyron Matthew and Orlando Brown. Well, I know where this is going. You're about to talk about Mahomes' extension and how it's about to kick in. Yes. However, I must say – Looking at the contract, um, I didn't know this because we've talked about this before. I yeah. didn't know this. They have a kicker in his contract that allows them to convert essentially half of every year's cap hit or salary into a bonus. And as we both know, the NFL cap is as soft as soft serve ice cream. Um, so, yeah, his cap hit will go down by like half okay. every year. 
because they're probably just going to convert every year into a, a bonus, I would assume. So realistically, if they did that, he actually wouldn't hit over 40 million cap hit for like another six years. That is interesting. But with I, I looked into, I think where I was looking at already converted that. And with that, I believe they only have around right now, 5 million cap space for next year. Tyron Matthews already came out and said he doesn't really feel like taking another pay cut. Oh, Tyron Matthews wants to get paid. Yeah. Do we see him move on? And how detrimental oh, How detrimental is that to the Chiefs? Uh, big time. Uh, the Chiefs, um, they rely on Chris Jones and Frank Clark to be amazing and Tyron Matthew to be amazing and the rest of the players on that defense to just – do okay um losing him is going to be huge that's their leader he's truly the 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 mic on on the the defensive side of the ball yeah because none of their linebackers are really that great um willie gay has a chance he has some talent but and so does nick bolden but i don't know if either of those guys are all pros like tyron matthew is now Another key person on the defense was corner uh, Ward. I believe he's a restricted free agent, though. Those two have been their best in the secondary, and their secondary's one of the not that good. Yeah. So they're gonna have to plan around that right now. And this team, it's either put a, it could turn into we got to put up forty points, or we're not winning the game. Because it would be if I was the Chiefs, honestly, I feel like you got to make a decision at this point. Like, because you've paid Tyreek Hill, you've paid Travis, nope. Lewis, you've played, you've paid Mahomes. So, what has gone wrong to where those are your only three threats on offense? Clyde Edwards Slayer is okay, right? Yeah, I, he's he's like off brand cereal, okay. I if it's the only thing there, I'll eat it. You know, I'll I'll take it. But if there's some cocoa puffs or fruity pebbles on the top shelf, I would much rather have those. But he's serviceable for this offense. Yeah. And but what is what has gone wrong in these drafts that this is it? Now, last year they did pretty good in the first round with Humphrey, who was a solid pick. You know, he was a great center this year. Um, for me, like Edward Hilaire, like you said, I think he's serviceable, but what helps him, he's still on a rookie deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying replace yeah. Edward Hilaire. No, I'm no, saying no, we yeah. gotta get you gotta, gotta get, yeah, get a second tight end. We gotta get some decent other receivers yeah. that aren't just track stars. Like yeah. we gotta get something on this team. And they signed Josh Gordon to a futures reserve contract. Josh Gordon's done, man. Yeah. Listen, like everyone else, I would love to see him go back to his Browns days where he was playing with Brian Hoyer and whoever else and putting up ridiculous numbers. It's he's not in them anymore, man. I mean, we're eight years removed from that now. Yeah, too. it's like, like it, it, he's, what, he's, what are we holding on to? Yes, it's over. Okay, like should he be on an NFL roster? Sure, but he's Sammy Watkins without the blow up game. So like. I, I'm interested to see how their offseason turns out because it can go many ways. But 
I think it's time we get some uh, takeaways from the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burr. But um, my big thing with Cincinnati is how is this O-line going to hold up against the Rams? I mean, they played really good against a team that is kind of similar when you think about it. Uh, the Chiefs don't have an edge rusher nearly as good as Vaughn Miller, yeah. but Chris Jones is not – he's not Aaron Donald, but he is one of the top defensive tackles, and they pretty much neutralized him. Yeah. I feel like to to beat the Rams' defensive line, you got to take Aaron Donald out of the game, which is way easier said than done. But you got you cannot let him get two or three sacks, motivate that defense. Can't do it. You're gonna have to let everyone else on that line beat you. I'm this Rams defense is star-studded with Ramsey, Donald, and Von Miller. Without it, if you're able to neutralize Donald or Miller, we'll say, and you're able to game plan around Ramsey, I think they can they can hold up. Well, Jalen Ramsey is going to have to shadow somebody. Yes. Uh, he is going to have to either take – it's got to be Jamar Chase. He's got to be on Jamar Chase the entire game. Wherever he goes, Jalen has to go. Ramsey has to go. The thing that kills the Rams is their linebackers. Their linebackers are sorry. This is the only reason Jimmy Garoppolo plays decent against the Rams outside of that playoff game, which we'll get into after this. That's the only reason. Jimmy plays good against teams that have bad linebackers. The Rams have awful linebackers. That is where you attack them. You have to attack them over the middle of the field. This is a game that Joe Mixon has to catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's done it before. He's done a great job of doing that this season. You have to get him involved. You have to get Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins over the middle of the field. That is where the Rams struggle the most. And they have enough weapons to where if Jamar Chase is taken out of the game, they should still be able to to win it. I agree. And really, that's really the only question I had for this Bengals team going into the game. I I was like, the another one I was pondering a little bit was, is Joe Burrow going to handle the pressure? And I'm like, well, he's done great under pressure this season, especially in the playoffs. I think as long as he doesn't make those dumb reads and fall for the bait, he'll be just fine. It's really easy for this team because if you if they get into a shootout, we've seen them play in a shootout. Yeah. They can do it. They can score quick if they need to. They're one of the slowest teams offensively, but they also have a switch in the final two minutes of every uh, two-minute drill. They're just like, eh, we'll score in 30 yeah. minutes. So they can do it. And to me, if the game is 17 to 13, I'm fine with that with Joe Burrow. If the game is 34 to 31, I'm fine with that with Joe Burrow. He's not – if the game is close, if it's a blowout, he always thinks he can win it. Always. And that's what makes him so special is his mental toughness. His, it's already, like, legendary. Yeah. You know, he really, he really has overcame so much for a quarterback. You know, didn't work out in Ohio State goes to LSU, has probably 
the best quarterback season we've ever seen at LSU, comes into the league, tears his ACL, and this year he comes back week one. They were like, oh, I don't know if the knee's going to hold up. And the, no, they didn't draft an offensive line. Yeah. This team's going to go, you know, 6-11, and 4-13, and 13, and they're in the Super Bowl. It's, and, a de- and they have a decent chance to win it yeah. all. This is going to be a fun Super Bowl, I will say that. This is – this is America's Super Bowl. But I'm sorry we have to do this. We It's fine. We have to talk about the San Fran Rams game. Um, you know, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, 17-7. We were not supposed to be here. You were, right? That's true. We weren't. This was not. Listen, if you would ask me. Eight weeks ago, where do you see the 49ers season ending? I would have said, we might make the wild card. We'll get bounced in the first round. For us to to make it all the way to the NFC Championship game, not only that, should have won that game. I, I don't know how they had no timeouts with six and a half minutes left, and they won. That We're going to get into that later because I, I believe, you know, everyone says how great of a coach Sean McVay is. Sean McVay coached that game terribly. He got lucky. He got he, lucky he that did. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, they stopped our run game, um, and and they made Jimmy Garoppolo beat him. And Jimmy can't – he can't do that. He can't carry a team. So, but I'm happy. I'm happy with the season. It's disappointing that we lost to the Rams, but there's always next year. Now, I, I do think San Fran has a bright future still. They're I know they have a lot of free agents, but eh, not not that not not too much, not compared to the Chiefs, but their core players they're still gonna have next year. Yep. And I we'll think have a quarterback that can throw more than five yards yeah, downfield. And who's able to extend a play if needed. Yeah. He can use his legs. That's gonna be the big change. I think this Niners team can make a run next year as well. With uh, the Yak brothers out there, the Yells Yak receivers, Debo and Ayuk Kittle, I think there's it's a good group of receivers for Lance to have his first starting year. And where where do you think Jimmy G goes? I have no idea, to be honest. There's so many different possibilities for him because they can convert his salary into a signing bonus, uh, whatever team trades for him, and then they can extend him and they can minimize the cap hit uh, a great deal. Um, there's a lot of options. I if The two I would say that are kind of likely, maybe the Steelers and the football, well, not the football team anymore, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> um, those would be my two trendy picks for to see him go. Now, I, I know you're saying how Niners don't have a first-round pick this year. Do you think they can get picks back for him? Yeah. Um, if Carson Wentz can get a second-round pick that turns into a first, and Jimmy played much better than Carson Wentz did, I feel like we could get a first. But more likely than not, I see us getting maybe two seconds or a third and a second and maybe like a fifth the following year. So we'll see. 
honestly, that's great for Jimmy yeah. G. I feel like that's you know, even though he's the most active or he's has the most rings for an active uh, football player right now. Thanks to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Shout out to Tom Brady for finally yeah. retiring. You old dirty dog. Thank you. We'll get into that later. Don't don't no, make me, no, don't. no. We can't get into that. We don't have time. No, I, I know, his, I know. We're, his resume. No, when we not the resume, but when we talk about it, the MVP will we'll give him thanks and I'll tear up again a little bit. But um for the Rams, it was it was the Cooper. Cup Matthew Stafford connection basically the whole game for him. That's what they relied on, and they they walked away doing a pretty good job. You know Odell had a great game. That was for me. That was Odell's first great game of the year. I know he's been a touchdown machine since he's been to the Rams, but it's been his first 100 yard game since 2019. Well, when you play with Baker Mayfield. Um, that, that these things happen, but he also has Cooper Cup on the other side of him too. I mean, that that is fair, yeah. but Baker Mayfield is nowhere near the level. No, I I know that, but do you know Odell's going to be a free agent? What is? Do you think he's expecting wide receiver one money? Uh. To be honest, I think he'll take another one year, prove it, and then maybe try to get wide receiver in one money. But he's still talented, you know? It's still there. I don't think he's any worse. Like, that game I saw that I I watched every single play, he is no worse than when he left New York. Maybe he doesn't make the crazy catches, like, as regularly anymore. But I feel like that's just a luck thing anyway. Like, it's yeah. not something that's, you know. Where you press, yeah. Yeah. It, it, he gets open. He's still as fast. He looks just as explosive. Maybe he's lost maybe a half a step. But even then, he's still one of the best athletes on the field every time he steps on the field. So, and I feel like he's relatively youngish. What is he? Like, 29? 20, yeah, 28, 29, I think. Uh yeah, he's 29. So I feel like he's got another solid two to three, four years. I feel like he'd be like an Emmanuel Sanders in the second half of his career. So, yeah, I mean, he probably takes another one-year deal, and he's probably he's probably going to want to get paid. Do you think he re-ups in L.A., or do you do you think he I goes somewhere else? I see him doing that, depending on how Robert Woods' uh, uh, yeah. recovery goes. Wait, so that's also – if you think about it, you have that's an amazing wide receiver trio, which is up there for best in the league. That might be the best. Yeah. I I think what's worries me about this Rams team is the fact that Eric Weddle leads tackles for, in the playoffs for this team. Like I, like I said, they're linebackers. Yeah. Sorry. How how do you think the Rams are going to win this one. Is it going to be stifling pass defense with the pass rush, or do you think the offense is going to go out there and just explode? I it, I think it'd have to be the offense because, to you know, they beat the Niners. The Niners and Rams play the same exact style of offense. The only difference is Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo can't make the throws that Matt Stafford makes, so we don't have the big chunk explosive plays. 
we have to sustain our drives. <laughs> but you take away our run game. That's exactly what they did. We had 2.4 yards carry. Uh, even the the savior, the wide back himself, Debo Samuel, he couldn't get anything going. So, you know, it our offense was just done. We we were just stuck in the mud, which is fine. Uh I I think it was just a total team collapse while we lost. But for the the Bengals, they can't do that. It's they can't take away Joe Mixon and make Joe Burrow beat them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Burrow's gonna be like, all right, fine. I guess I gotta throw it to T. Higgins 15 times. So I feel like they're gonna have to put up a lot of points. I I agree and I think one problem for them is has been the running back position because they've had a rotating guy basically be the starting back this year between uh, Henderson and Michelle and now Akers. Although Akers has looked the best out of all of them. Akers has looked the best, but he has fumbled uh, quite yeah, a bit. He, he, yeah, yeah. he has a fumbling problem. Now, how worried of how worried should you be with the Rams with that? I don't think they're that worried. I don't think you can live. But you know when Zeke had that little fumbling streak, well, yeah. like four or five straight games a couple of years ago, like it's gonna happen. You know, no one's gonna hold onto the ball hundred percent of the time. So you just gotta get to move on. I think, I think we're gonna see 50-50 workload between him and Michelle. I think. I think um, that's what they want. Yeah, yeah. Because Michelle has Super Bowl experience. Yeah, I think against against the Rams. And he had a that was one of his best games of his career. He he put up a very similar game to what Joe Mixon had uh, against Kansas City. And we'll talk about a little bit more next week, a little bit more in depth of the Super Bowl game. But one week from now, or no, about a week uh, is yeah, NFL NFL awards. It's a great time of year, you know, the award ceremonies always interesting we'll say but there's some tight races some blowout races and for the we'll get into the blowout races first just get them over with oh wait before are we gonna start with with mvp yeah we'll we'll start with mvp after after we get in after the the blowout so there's defensive defensive rookie of the year it's Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yep. It's really not close. Yeah. The next closest person is Patrick Sertain. I think they had. And then oh, offenses yeah. rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. Yeah. I think ran away with it at with the last month of the season. I think Mac Jones could have been in the running, but he just ran out of gas. <laughs> yeah. Um don't remind me. I'm sorry. The, the PTSDs, the, the choppers are coming in right now. We're fortunate son playing. Um, and then coach of the year, I I believe it's a runaway with um, Vrabel. I mean, they had the most injuries yeah. in the NFL history, and they somehow got the first seed. But uh, Joe Shiesty don't care. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. there's comeback player of the year. I, I They're going to give it to – how is Carson Wentz even a candidate I, for this? What did he come back to? He was the same Carson Wentz. I mean, to be fair, they had James Conner in the running for most of the season for comeback player of the year. It should have been him. He played awful. <laughs> At least he came back to being decent. But ultimately, I think 
Dak is a runaway for the Coda because of his uh, injury. He didn't, he didn't have an ankle last yeah. year, so he, I guess yeah. He, he was bouncing it on the turf. <laughs> yeah, so that's so, fair. and then lastly, I think defensive player of the year is a runaway with T.J. Watt with tying the record for sacks in a season. I'm very mad that Miles Garrett is fourth on this odds list at plus 1,400 and Mike Parsons and Aaron Donald are above him. I feel like that's very disrespectful. I I believe Micah Parsons is up there higher because of his versatility. I agree with the versatility, yeah. but at if if we're talking about impact at a sole position, T.J. Watt might be the only edge rusher that makes Miles Garrett – Looks semi-normal. You are right. I I have to agree with you there. And really, the tightest race is the MVP or the quarterback award, basically. Now, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers, I guess, if we're going to give it to a quarterback. But, you know. Uh, offensive player of the year is much more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe Cooper cup is going to get offensive player of the year. I just, do. Yeah. I mean, he had, yeah. he won just, the triple crown. Yeah. And what was it? The second best wide receiver season of all time. Yeah. Pretty behind much. Calvin Johnson, which is funny because Matthew Stafford was with both of them, but um, Jonathan Taylor had a great year as well. I mean, he basically – he had great numbers. Yeah, he's no Derrick Henry, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. It, it's sad we didn't get to see him in the playoffs because that run game would have been exciting. But they can't beat Jacksonville. So – and then I, I want to go back to MVP. I Rodgers, I believe, is a favorite. But I think Tom Brady has a case to win it. You know, he did lead the league in touchdowns, completions, and passing yards. But he did drop back the most as a quarterback. And I think what is going to get Rodgers the award is the fact he didn't throw an interception for the last seven games. Yeah, comically. Like, Aaron Rodgers has got to be the most, like, nonchalant quarterback there's ever been in the NFL history the throws that he makes and he just he shows no excitement I know he just he's like I do this every day and he doesn't throw picks why does he not throw picks if he takes the same amount of chances as Patrick Mahomes and everybody else why can't y'all pick him off it's amazing I mean he is quite a talent but right he'll be a Tennessee Titan you heard it here first you gonna go to games? No, no. All right. <laughs> uh, but Brady has the second highest PFF grade of ninety one point four. Joe Burrow has the best of ninety one point seven. Who's third in MVP race right now? I believe. Yep. And they said this year they're gonna take an effect advanced metrics. I don't know oh, how for, much for doing that. Give me Trent yeah. Williams, the highest graded offensive lineman of all time and i think brady has played just as good on a snap for snap basis 
And I think he's been asked to throw the ball more than Rodgers. He's edged out Rodgers with three games more of 30 throws or more. And I think this should be a factor as well. Rodgers missed a game. I agree with that. But counterpoint, look at who they're throwing to. Aaron Rodgers did this with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And Brady did this with the Fantastic Four. So... Until the last four weeks of the season. I mean, yeah. And I think if they're looking at advanced metrics, the touchdown to interception ratio, they can fight because 12 of the interceptions of Brady's were on what they call non-turnover worthy plays, which are no play that Tom Brady ever has is turnover worthy in PFF size. There's a, when they look at the turnover worthy plays, they have Rodgers at 2%. And they have Brady at 1.9. That's how close it is. If they go in advanced metrics. So I think this can go either way. I mean, yeah, I would say it's a toss up. Because they both played so great. And I I don't I don't like that they they make this an argument of oh, but he's doing it at 44. Well, listen, okay. he might be he might be 44. His arm is 25. Yeah. It's pliability, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. The but 12 method. That my thing with that is who cares what how old he is? You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, you you have a job to do. Yeah, and he did it at a an amazing level uh, for yes. for about twenty years. And I th- is that all the awards? Yep. We'll see how we oh, how they look like next week because actually, yeah, by the time by the time this gets out, the awards will be out, and I think it's time to jump in to the NBA. NBA is full throttle now. It is. It's about to to be the only sport on TV for Americans besides hockey. Nope. Wrong. We have the Concafa Cup. I know not many people care about soccer in the U.S., but if you like watching the U.S. beat up on team or countries with GDPs that are 124th of ours and their third world countries with very little running water and their women don't have rights, watch the CONCACAF Cup. We're in the top three right now on the table. If the CONCACAF Cup was to end today, we would be in the World Cup. And it's looking like we're going to make it to the World Cup. Shout out to Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, all, all those guys. We have a very young squad. It'll be a very exciting World Cup. You better bring it home. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, um, 2026. Since we've been gone, a lot's happened in the NBA. Few injuries have impacted the top teams in the East. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> very, very much so. You know, good teams from last year have underperformed. And they look like they might miss the playoffs. <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> oh, sorry. And the Suns have dominated with the West along with the Warriors. Warriors are not far behind. 
Shout out to KPG or KPG, KPJ for waking up Steph Curry. And speaking of the Warriors, universally love Clay Thompson came back. Yes, Will Ferrell's brother. He's been playing great. And with all that said, All-Star break is coming up. Starters and reserves just came out. It's a great time in the NBA. We'll go over the East first. East starters are KD, DeMar, Trey Young, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. How do you feel about those five? Zach Levine should be starting over Trey Young because they did the same exact thing uh, against Zach Levine last year when they when Trey Young started over him. And they said, well, Zach Levine's team is the 11th seed and Trey Young's team is in the playoffs. That's why they said Trey Young started last year. Well, Zach Levine's team is the first seed and Trey Young's team is not in the playoffs. So why is Trey Young starting? Not to take anything away from Trey Young. Have an amazing season. He's balling out. This might be his best season, best stretch of games he's ever played. No, no disrespect to him at all. He he's a starter. I'm just saying we got to stop with these hypocritical arguments and we can just say it how it is. The fans and we would like the fans and the NBA media would like to see Trey Young start more than Zach Levine. That's fine. I can live with that. Let's just not use the arguments against against Zach Levine and then switch him up the next year. You know, I I also saw thought that Zach Levine should have started. Like you said, I think I think your team's record, I think it does play in to see if you are a starter or not. I think they've done that, they've always done that before in the past, it feels like. And the Hawks are borderline playoff team right now. Uh, do they make it in there at the end of the year? We'll see. Yeah, I feel like they will. They, I, I know they had a great turnaround last year and made the run, but you never know. And out West, LeBron, Curry, Jokic, John Morant, and he's finally done it. Andrew Wiggins has lived up to his potential. He's an all-star starter. Shouldn't be. Should be Devin Booker, but I I guess him and Devin Booker don't play the same position. You know, I guess the NBA has very strict positions, and shooting guard and small forward is not the same thing. I I didn't, you know. I I think this whole process is a joke for the starters. Listen, Andrew Wiggins deserves to be an all-star this year. I He's had a good season. And he's fixed that system well. I agree. Devin, there is no world where Andrew Wiggins should start over Devin Booker in the All Star game. Absolutely no world. I think. I think the fan voting is, it's a nice way for, uh, fans like to have their voice heard. But this is why we should replace the All Star game with what they're doing with the Rising Stars game. We should have three or four teams. Actually, make it like 10 teams and make it three on three and make it a half-court game. It would be interesting. I know they they, – are they still doing the fourth quarter is played a – Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do that. It would be much more fun. It would be much more relaxed. I'm sure the players would enjoy it more. But this fan voting is is something. The – the final return of votes, you know, LeBron. Yep. He led shocker, 
but they had Andrew Wiggins third in fan voting out West for front court, followed by Paul George at four, Anthony Davis at five, Draymond Green at six, and Carmelo Anthony at seven. Yeah, it's just not. You can't like, take in the fan vote, I think, if it's going to be like that. Because yeah. I'll get I'll get into some stats. Uh, other players like Clay Thompson was top four for guards. He hasn't yeah, played, played that like, much. Yeah. yeah, like eight games. Russell Westbrook, six. Come on. Damian Lillard, nine, who's out with injury. It's by how the NBA is doing the selection process, it's screwing over players like Devin Booker and Zach Levine and Jimmy Butler. Which, don't get me wrong, it is a fan-centered event, so I completely understand it. And with the whole Trey Young, Zach Levine thing, I have no hard feelings, right? I just don't want the argument to be, well, this player was the number one option on a bad team, well, this player's team is in the playoffs. That argument should not be used if we're going to take the fan vote into account. It should literally just be who the fans want to see. But at the same time, I don't feel like injured players should even be on the ballot. I feel like they should do it like MLB does. They have a set ballot to a certain extent, and the fans vote on it that way. I was just going to get into that because the, the NBA players are also at fault here. So six years ago, they changed to a weighted formula for the input where fan vote is 50%. Media and players each get 25%. And they're not taking it seriously. 297 players had at least one vote where they should start. Players like Ben Simmons, Kawhi received two votes, who haven't even played this season, along with John Wall, TJ Warren, and Michael Carter-Williams all got votes to start, and they haven't played. And another thing that I looked at, was the percentages of votes. So 323 votes came back this year from players. Only four players came back in more than half of the ballots. KD, 64%. Giannis, 56%. LeBron James, 52%. Nikola Jokic, 51%. You know who's leading the league in MVP Right now, like who's the front runner? Jokic. It's Embiid. Like oh, right, yeah. I M- heard, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, that's what NBA was putting out as yeah, their. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had him as the front runner. With this, players are saying Embiid, who's probably going to win it if the votes came in today, he wouldn't make the selection as a starter. It it doesn't make sense, and. Another thing that doesn't make sense, we were talk- I talked to you about this a couple days ago. Kyrie is getting 25 votes to start, who can't play in home games, didn't play in away games for, was it the first two or three months? Yeah, I mean, he's played less than 20 games this yeah. season. And Jimmy Butler, who could have had a strong – He's missed some games now with injuries, but he made a strong case to start. 23 
votes. Yeah. And this is robbing players like Jimmy and Zach Levine from starting along with Devin Booker out West. You know, let's look at the stats because Wiggins and Booker are, I I know they had uh, Wiggins in front court, but I think we're in a universal game of basketball. Listen, man, you can run four guards and just a center and teams do that all the time. The Bulls do that all the time. I, I looked at the stats like straight up Booker 25, five and four. Wiggins was 18, four and two. And look at their roles on their teams. Yeah. Especially now, Andrew Wiggins is the third option. Yes. Devin Booker has to put up 25 every night. It's, it's frustrating because you're saying a, a player from the best team in the league isn't good enough to be an all-star starter. Come on. It's, and this isn't the first time Devin Booker's been snubbed. Yeah. There were, I was it 2019 Uh where he got in as an alternate and it's like, he was the only reason why the Suns were afloat. So it's, it's very interesting. Reserves lineups just came out last night. I'll start with the East. Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Vliet. I think that's pretty good for the most part. Uh, well, we're, we'll get into the snubs, yeah. you said. I, I will say I don't think Chris Middleton should be an all, or, uh, all-star, yeah. No, I I don't know if they're just basing it off last year's playoff run and the fact he didn't have an offseason, but I think there's people on his team who got snubbed over him. I think um, other than that, I think they did a pretty good job in the East. I think everyone else has a case for making the team. Oh, the, the big one everyone talks about is LaMelo, which well, – I we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. And then out west, Devin Booker, Luca, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns. Shout out to Cat. Shout out to Cat. He he needed this one. Yeah. He he's had this, a rough go of it. This is probably Minnesota's best season in a while. You know, I don't know if it's the same now, but I know probably a month ago when I looked at it, the the trio of players that had the highest net rating, uh, I, I don't know if it was net point differential or net offensive rating. It might have been both. When they're on the court together was D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Cat. Minnesota I, has, yeah. has their core. They just got to figure everything else out. They could have had this with Andrew Wiggins if he put in the work. And Anthony Edwards, we always said this, is he going to end up like Andrew like Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins, yes. I'm because, so glad he hasn't. Because, you know, he didn't even like like basketball growing up. He was a football yeah. guy. So uh, I'm glad that he's playing amazing. Is Draymond Green already said he's missing because of injury, so someone's going to get in. Who do you think should get that spot? Mm. 
I have not kept up with Western Conference basketball that well, so I couldn't give you an honest answer. So I really don't know. Jaron Jackson probably. Jaron Jackson's played really well this season. I I think the front runners for it right now are Jaron Jackson and DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I could see both of those. And then, you know what? Wait, time out. Bold statements when we made them way back when. I did not see a San Antonio being this bad at all, but I did tell you DeJounte Murray was going to ball out this year. You did. And you've you've been a fan for, of him for years now. Yes. And I want to say, I think one of the Jazz players might um, say they might be out. I can't remember. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell's injured right now, is he not? Yeah, I believe Donovan Mitchell will also not be playing for the East. I don't know if any of them are sitting out. I haven't. Oh, KD will. But I don't know who they are going to replace him with. If I had to guess, I'm I'm gonna say it's going to be Lamelo Ball or Jared Allen. Yeah, which they both make a case. I think though, um, Jared Allen should get it. I'm looking at the reserves. There's not one single center. Him or Evan Mobley would be a decent. Yeah. Like the Cavs have shot. Everybody. Yeah. And Darius Garland is a beast, but they wouldn't be where they are without Evan Jared Allen or, yeah. or Evan Mobley. And uh, Lori Marketing at small forward. And no, no, we're not giving him credit. <laughs> but um, I want to – we're not playing cash or pass today, so I'd like to bring on a separate version called Snub or Dub. Were these players snubbed? Or was it a dub by the selection panel of not putting him on? And the first one is Jared Allen. Uh, definitely snubbed. Okay. We we already talked a little bit about DeJounte Murray. Yeah, he's balled out, but I'm not going to say he was snubbed. Um, I feel like they got it right for him to not be there. He's balled out, but there's, there's players equally as deserving, if not more deserving. Anthony Edwards. Definitely snubbed. He, I feel like there's no way Minnesota should just have Cat. Anthony Edwards has done good as well. If who are you taking out for him? If no one was injured, I guess I wouldn't take anyone out for Anthony Edwards. I mean, honestly, it's a tough honestly, one. like. Andrew Wiggins is, like, the weakest link on that Western Conference team, but, like, even Andrew Wiggins has probably yeah. deserved it. So. I think I think the closest person, I think it might be, or, because I, I'm trying to, one sec. They had four guards and three backcourt. Like, maybe Draymond. That, I was thinking Draymond or. Rudy Gobert has had a great defensive season as usual. Maybe Donovan Mitchell. Maybe yeah, one of them. That would that would probably it would either be I guess Draymond or Donovan Mitchell. And then the next one, Drew Holiday. No, he. I mean, good season, of course. I could actually I could see him over Chris Middleton. I think 
I think he makes a case, but he also missed time too. Yeah. I, I always feel like when you miss time, it should take an effect for if you make the team or not. And yeah. then the next one, LaMelo Ball. Definitely snubbed. Um, I would probably put him in over – if I had to take a guard out, I'd put him in over James Harden. I'd take LaMelo over James Harden. Um, James Harden has had two very rough – stretches of the season uh currently in one i think he just a couple days ago he had 37 minutes he only scored four points and in the beginning of the season uh, it's weird that i didn't say fred van vliet but like we said in the beginning of the season fred van vliet needs to get some respect frederico frederico is balling so yes and uh, toronto's looking like it could be a sleeper team I will yeah, say that. It looks like they could sneak in. They they could be buyers at the deadline or sellers, I'm sorry, and get a good piece. And then uh Jalen Brown. Mm, I could see him over Chris Middleton. I could see all these players over Chris Middleton, honestly, but I wouldn't I, I don't it'd be a toss-up between him and Jason Tatum as well. Yeah. I I think too. He's kind of like James Harden where he's had stretches where yeah, he's kind of disappeared and he also missed time with injury. And this is fans are a little upset with this one. Anthony Davis. He missed a lot of time and they call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis for a reason. Anthony so, Day to Day Davis. And then this is Disney. This is the last one and a lot of people forget about him. De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. It's because he's on the Kings, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not – like I said, he's on the Kings. I know De'Aaron Fox is a good player. I can't make a, a an argument for him to be on here or not because I haven't paid attention to Kings basketball. Ever. Ever. So. So, though, those are all I had. Do you feel anyone else – could have made the list for snubbed. Uh, no. Like I feel like the I feel like the All Star teams are generally pretty good, but there's always one or yeah. two players. So Where it's like how wow how how they get on there. Yeah, and most of the time it's players. Uh, it's superstars that are just having down seasons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. James Harden. Where his down season, he's still averaging 23, 10, and 8. So, like. Yeah. Now, we're not at all-star break yet, but the we'll, we'll take a look at the standings. Right now, we'll go, uh, we'll do Western first. Phoenix is 41 and 10. And they've just, they've picked off right where they left off from last year. And. Yeah. They really have a similar team. We'll talk about them a little bit more. They could be buyers at the deadline. If they are buyers, we'll take a look and see who they need and what they might get. Do you think they're able to keep it up in the second half? Yeah, I think they can. I do think they need to start managing Chris Paul right now. Um you can't have another situation where he is injured in the playoffs. And that's 
I was just about to ask you, you know, we've seen Chris Paul get injured in playoff runs almost every deep every, run. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the dude has had the most unlucky yeah. playoff. He never gets injured early in the season. Do you think it's time because they're already above 500 now? Or they are already at the 500 mark. Are they going to load manage them? Do you think? Yeah, I feel like they should probably and, start. Not playing him like I like if I'm them, you know, if I'm playing the Rockets, yeah, I, Chris Paul probably doesn't need to play Cam- or yeah. the Thunder, Cam- you know, Cameron Payne will do just as good of a job, even though he's had a down year scoring compared to last year. But it is what it is. Number two, Golden State 40 and 13. There's not much to say, you yeah. just gotta hope that this team doesn't figure it all the way out before yeah. the playoffs because if clay is starting to play like 30 minutes a game by you know before the playoffs it, we're done we're done it's over with with draymond out how significant is that because this is the first time we've seen really draymond miss a stretch of weeks i mean it's significant because he does everything that none of them want to do like yeah. play defense pass the ball you know that sort of thing but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll be fine. You can't. Clay Thompson just, I think, last night or the other night, he had like, he played like nine minutes in the second quarter. He had seventeen points. I, I mean, I. And then, yeah. That I do they have Wiseman back or is he coming back soon? I think he's coming back soon. Soon they have him back yet. That's gonna be big for him. I think you know they they've never really had a solid big man when they were going to the finals. I think James Wiseman is going to be good for him. And then this is shocking. Memphis at three. Hey, it's not grit and grind no more. It is grit and glitz. Yeah. They are throwing lobs to Ja Morant mostly from everywhere. You know, he's in the building. He can reach it. That man, I don't think he's, he should be in the dunk contest. I'll say that, but. I he's the re, like you said he's the reincarnation of Derrick Rose. It really brings a tear to my eye, and you know what's really scary is Derrick Rose could go up and detonate on somebody, right? We saw it. Goran Dragic is the prime case, but he didn't have this. Like Derrick was an amazing finisher, and he could dunk over everybody. Sure. Even Russell Westbrook didn't have this. John Morant legitimately thinks he can jump over everybody, and he's going to. Yeah, he probably can. Like, I've never seen a player, Tommy. I've never seen anything like this. Russell Westbrook, athletic freak, super fast, dunks the ball hard. He can dunk on people. He ain't jumping over anybody. No, The same way. Could could those two probably jump over somebody? Sure, in like a setup, not in game. John Morant is doing this in game. He is a freak of nature. I'll say that. I he is leading the league in inside scoring, and it's amazing. It well, really is. Russell Westbrook never. He was always fast, but like Derrick Rose was. Fast, he was the fastest player in the NBA in his prime, he, probably easily. 
And then when De'Aaron Fox came into the league, I was like, wow. Like, I've never seen someone, like, move that, like that. Yeah. Move that fat. John Morant makes De'Aaron Fox look slow. <laughs> like, this dude is a freak. They made him in a lab. He is a test tube baby. There is no way that's a human. And the fact they're 36 and 18, I thought um, – 36 and 18, and he really doesn't have a second option yet. Jared what, Jackson is, is a great defensive guy, and he's probably better suited as a third option on offense. That's what I was just about to say. Who's their second option? Desmond Go Bain? get Bradley Beal. We'll talk, we'll talk about that soon. I We'll get into that. Um, Utah Jazz, number four, kind of collapsing with injuries. Did you uh, – I don't know if the report came out this morning or last night. Uh, apparently, there's some tension in that locker room. According yes, to sources, where Rudy Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell don't want to play together no more, I no one wants Rudy and his two hundred million dollar contract. Uh, it's probably unmovable. Yep, unless he starts shooting threes, and uh, Donovan Mitchell. If you get rid of him, your team's not going to be good. So what do you do? Yeah, my. You move uh, Rudy Gobert for um, Ben Simmons. You move Rudy Gobert for Russell Westbrook. I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, he does get high hit away for um, defense and people talk about how great his defense is when it's – it really isn't as great as people seem, but he's special talent. He is, but, like, at the same time, it feels like he has been averaging 25, 4, and 5 for his entire career. There's nothing wrong with consistency, but, I mean, dang, bro, can we get a 9, 8-assist season? Can you become a primary playmaker? Like, I just – it's not about stats, of course. His impact goes way beyond stats, and that's a dumb argument to make. I'm just trolling. But it really does seem like what Shaq says. It just seems like. He has yet to like take that leap, yeah. and everyone's past him. Go going to full throttle, and like that moment after Shaq said that that stretch of games he had, I was like, "That's the Donovan Mitchell I want to see for yeah. the rest of his career." He ain't there yet, and it's Joe Ingles is out for the year now. Yep, that's a big hit to them. Yes, because he does what he's a good wing shooter. He and he, a very good defense. Yeah. And he's a very underrated passer. And like you said, they they don't have a lot of moving contracts. No, a lot of their guys are signed uh, to big deals. And they don't have assets. No, not anyone <laughs> so, wants. So <laughs> I feel like they're they're gonna be on the fall and might they're definitely gonna fall on the playing tournament, I think, because at number five. Only two games behind them are the Dallas Mavericks. Luca. There's not much to say about yeah. that team. No. It, it's Luca and and Kristaps Porzingis like yeah. every third or fourth game. Yeah, and Tingus Pingus. <laughs> and then the Denver Nuggets, 28-23 with Jokic and and me and you. Yeah, sometimes Aaron <laughs> Gordon with no, Michael Michael Porter Jr. has got the back brace on. 
and Jamal Murray is in a corner somewhere. <laughs> Hey, 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 oh, 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 this is a getting, getting sir, treatment, sir. This is a family show, and I'm a family man. <laughs> and then, um, number seven, the Timberwolves, who, uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to the Timberwolves yeah. again. They honestly, I think they can avoid the playing tournament, they're only one game back right now. And, and the shocking one yeah. in the standings, the Los Angeles Clippers. Remember, I, without without Kawhi and PG <laughs> with Reggie Jackson. This is are, some good... Ty Lu is doing a good are, job with that. ahead uh, of the LeBron James-led Lakers. 25 and 28. Mm. Continue to put them on TNT. That's, I, I don't get how, but I, I'm not surprised, but LeBron the Lakers... promised they were going to get better. How? That's what I want. How? Yeah. Well, outside of you turning back into 25 Cleveland, years old. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland LeBron from the, the finals and carrying them. How? It ain't going to happen. But um, really, number 10, Portland's 21 oh, and 31. Yeah. Oh, the, he never ran away from the challenge. Yeah. He never ran away from the grind. Damian Lilly going to be missing the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, probably um, won't play again this season. Pelicans might slip in there at 19 and 32 room. How did this flip? How (laughs) did the East become the competitive conference this year? I I do not know. Also, Houston, listen here. I had a lot of faith in y'all. Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, uh, Jalen Green. KPJ is putting in orders with Johnny Dame during timeouts. That's why y'all 15 and 36. Your your claim is still valid though. How they will be better than eighteen wins? Oh yeah, they're gonna get over eighteen. Right. But I mean, come on now, fifteen yeah, lower than OKC. Yeah. Josh Gritty, Josh, I call him Josh Gritty because he got swag. But man, shout out to him. He's balling. Josh Gritty balling. They got SGA running mate. Now they just got to him and Lou Dort. Now the rest of the roster can go, <laughs> and the rest are nobodies. Oh, they have that Russian guy. Well, I don't think he's Russian. That was probably racist. Uh, <laughs> what? He's from some. He has a long Baltic. last name, and he, it's got a lot of consonants and not a lot of that. Alex, Alexander uh, or something. Uh, Alexi. Alexi uh, something. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, you know who you are. Long neck draft. Let's, let's move on to the east before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one. The Chicago Bulls, it's 2011 again. The Bulls. 32-19. Without Caruso, without without Lonzo Ball. I hate Grayson Allen. Without P-Will. It's balling. (laughs) As Roddy Rich would say, you are balling. And then number two, 33-20 record, Miami Heat. Like we said, it's 2011 again. It's it's amazing, you know. This this time we have the super team. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I I I can't wait to see this team fully healthy because <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been yeah. I I believe like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy. 
Bam and Tyler Hero have played like 12 games together this season. Well, Kyle Lowry got a lot of boonda, you know, so yeah. he, and then he, he, it's tough for him to get on the court. He's just having a hard time moving it these days. He had, he had personal reasons. That's why he missed the last nine games. I'm, I'm so glad that I get to watch Kyle Lowry every heat game now. You know, the six games are on TV. <laughs> but um, number three, the Sixers, 31 and 20, came up a little bit. They were at lowest, I believe, like an eight or seven seed. Playing great without uh, Ben Simmons. Who? Exactly. <laughs> but um, honestly, it's been Embiid and Embiid. And, and Embiid. Yeah. And sometimes um, Embiid. <laughs> and then Maxi. <laughs> well, um, number four, the Bucks, 32 and 21. Kind of a little bit of championship hangover. Yeah, they'll get right though. Yeah, and they they did miss a couple key assets from that championship their, team. Their road record's really killing them right now, being thirteen and twelve. Yeah. Meanwhile, Philly is seventeen and nine, and they're playing better on the road than they are at home. What is this about, Philly fans? This ain't this. This don't make no sense. Some ain't right. What? Somebody, come, is, look at, somebody come look at this. Y'all the most diehard fans yeah. on the planet. Y'all fourteen and eleven at home. We need bring Meek Mill out. It's time. Put dreams and nightmares on. Get this. Get the energy back. What's going on? Hold up. Wait a Wait minute. A minute. <laughs> and then number number five, the Cleveland Cavaliers, thirty-one twenty-one. Just amazing, really. The Cleveland Darius Garland. Yeah. And Jared Allen's. And Evan Mobley. Man, what a team! What and a Kevin team. and Kevin Love, baby. They have, they have, they, so their starting lineup in the playoffs is going to be Darius Garland running the one. Yep. Uh, Lori Markin is going to be at the two. Yep. Kevin Love's going to be at the three. Yep. Uh, Evan Moby's going to be at the four, and Jared Allen's going to be at the five. That's a, that's a four, seven footer lineup. That's a great Good lineup. That. that is the anti Giannis. <laughs> that's the anti small ball. They're going to put all four of them on Giannis. That, that, they're, I mean, they're it just gonna happen. form a triangle Adrian, with their arms, and he's not gonna be able to shoot. It's like when uh, Curry was gonna break the record for the three pointers, and people were like, "Well, just form a circle around Curry that way, <laughs> that way, no one to get him." That's how they're gonna guard Giannis. They're just gonna circle him with all their hands up with those what combined what sixteen foot wingspan, probably longer than that. Yeah. But like um, two feet would be more than (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Number six, the Brooklyn Nets, twenty nine and twenty two. Uh, it's KD or bust, really. Yeah, they need uh, James Harden needs to stop playing like bat suit James Harden, and Kyrie needs to take the jab. And actually, I'm not gonna say that. I'm sorry, that was a political statement. I, I apologize. Kyrie, continue to fight for what you want to fight for, but please get back on the court. We miss seeing you play. And also take full the time. jab. Full, and take the full jab. Time. Full time. But um, it, it's James Harden said he hasn't been happy, and really. He okay, been, here's my. If you're not happy here, where are you going to be happy? Philly. You know you're going to be asked to do uh-huh. more in Philly than you are in Brooklyn, right? Like- he's, up, he's upset at Kyrie for not getting the vaccine, not being able to play home games. He can't be upset with KD. I mean, I, 
KD's just not purposely like I mean, KD's averaging like 30. Yeah. I mean, like it's listen, you are playing like a bum. Yeah. And so, you need to stop playing like a bum. If you stop playing like a bum, you wouldn't be unhappy. Exactly. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. And then <laughs> number seven, the Toronto Federico and Spicy P. Spin boy. And Scotty Barnes. Scotty, I don't uh, contest Luka Doncic. Yeah. You know, it, it, we talk about <laughs> slant boy. We got spin boy in Toronto. <laughs> hey, spicy P but, put it on the Bulls last night or two nights they, ago. So. They are playing good. I'm interested. We'll get into it later. What they do with Goran Dragic because they are going to move him. And then number eight, the Hornets, 28 and 24. You know, if Miles Bridges was still playing like he was early in the season, they would probably be, be where Brooklyn is. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they're only a game out. They're a game and a half out of that. Miles Bridges has slowed down a little bit. He has, but LaMelo Ball has stayed steady, yeah. playing better than last year. It'll be fun to watch them in the playoffs. And then number nine, the Celtics, who have had the same roster basically for six years. Exactly where we said they were going to be. Although I yep. didn't expect them to be over 500. I didn't expect the ninth seed in the East to be over 500. I know. It's it's, it's amazing, really. The Imagine East- this Bulls team and yeah. team with last year's Eastern Conference. Oh, my God. I I saw what happened to Miami in the playoffs. I, I know how that would have ended. Maybe just Chicago. <laughs> but uh, number 10, Atlanta Hawks. 25 and 26. They they're getting hot. They're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah. Um they recently traded Cam Reddish while we were away. Zion's maybe going to New York. Uh, <laughs> but um Washington, 24 and 27. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I reports are they're unhappy with each other. As a right. team, uh, specifically Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Who just, it seems like that would be the least. I know. How about we talk about the guy who's maybe the highest paid player on the floor, like 80% of the time he's on there. Yeah. And he's playing not great. I, I'm a big fan of Bradley Beal. I love watching him play. He, uh, he ain't cutting it. No, he ain't playing too hot, which is why he needs to be traded. I agree. I mean, he he said he, he's either making the playoffs or he's out of there. And he says, I'm not playing in the playing tournament again. So it's it's looking like he might get moved. And then next up, this will be the last team because the the bottom three are basically the bottom dwellers. Uh the Pacers, uh since we won't talk about them, I'll yeah. say something about them. They're a team to watch for the trade deadline. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I, but yeah. Um, the Knicks are they are who I, we thought they were. I said it. Yep. I keep walking my statements back. But dang it, I said it. I mean, Julius Randle has just not been that guy. Nope. And it's showed. And I just got an alert on my phone about 15 minutes ago saying that uh, they may look to move him in a trade for De'Aaron Fox. Interesting. I don't really know where that 
from somewhere. That that'd be interesting. I will say that. That's... Please get the Aaron Fox out yeah. of Sacramento, so I actually care about watching him. Trade deadline Thursday. We could see there are players that could be moved. I broke it down into tiers. I think there's two star players we can see moved. Number one, we are Bradley Beal. He's in his last year of his contract, win now mode. Wizards definitely want to get value back. The two teams I could see going for him Denver and um, Philly. I don't think they, if they move him, he's not staying in the East. I I agree. I do like both of those teams. We've been talking about Denver getting Bradley Beal for the last couple yeah. of years. I don't see a lot of major news sources saying he should go to Denver, but it, to me, it just makes sense. I mean, MPJ and some picks, yep. I would do that in a heartbeat. Or uh, MPJ's contract now, that's – or uh, it hasn't kicked in, has it? It shouldn't have kicked in. Yeah. But – you can move either him or Jamal Murray because Jokic and Jamal Murray have worked together for a couple of years in the playoffs and it hasn't worked out for him outside of the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it could, could be good for them to move on. Yeah. Um, like I said, I would love to see Memphis get in the running for a star player. I just don't want to see them waste this because like I said, I get, well, I didn't say it on the podcast, but I get PTSD every time I watch John Murray at land. And it's not – I mean, it's funny to say, but he he has a game that is not going to – if he continues to play like this, it's not going to age well. Yeah. So they need to strike while the iron is hot. I know it's tough for them to look up and say, oh, my God, we got to play Golden State in the Suns. I mean, how are we going to beat either one of them? If you get Bradley Beal and he plays good – and you don't have to give up a Jaron Jackson, your team can compete with them. John Morant is that caliber of player. He can compete with those two teams. And we've seen what Bradley Beal can do for years in Washington. So it's not like you you don't know what you're getting with Bradley Beal. You know what you're getting. And unlike a backcourt, because, you know, it's always weird to pair two star guards together. It just it seems weird to do that. Unlike Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, Bradley Beal is a willing defender. He's okay. He's not terrible. He's just okay. And John Morant is a decent defender who, I mean, he's so fast. He gets in the passing lane. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, I would love to see Memphis get in, get involved in a trade. Speaking of Damian Lillard, Dame wants a ring, has expressed that. And there's rumors he – might get traded after he plans not rush back from his injury. Well, they don't – so they owe their pick to the Bulls this season yep. if it is not in the lottery. More likely than not, it is going to be a lottery pick. The only way it wouldn't be a lottery pick is if Dame did come back and somehow carried them to the playing tournament. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't see Dame playing. Unless he gets traded, I don't see him playing the rest of this year. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about this a little in a little bit. That team could be sellers. I would. I, I think they do need to be sellers. It's long past due for Portland to blow it up. And then 
this is my far reach, but James Harden. Possibly. You know, he's expressed he's not happy. He said he doesn't plan to resign. He said, why not move him? You can get a good package for him. Yeah. I mean, I one of the only teams you could, you know, like Philly. Philly is such a yeah. good destination for all these stars because Ben Simmons really matches the cap and he's young enough to be considered an asset. I um, mean, you could you could look for a trade to try to bolster your bench if you want. Yeah. But it's I don't see him getting moved. I think it's a very far reach. Um, while we talk about star plays, and that's already cut you off. No, you're good. Um Miles Turner's foot injury is huge because I don't see them trading him now until the until the offseason. Yeah. And I think with that, I also think that affects DeMontis Sabonis. And I don't think Sabonis will um get it's, traded. Yeah. Either either they're gonna have to blow it up now or they'll blow it up in the offseason. I don't see them sticking together. Uh, going into next season I believe the Pacers are going to be sellers so do I but I don't know if they'll blow it up at the deadline or blow it up in the offseason I I could see Levert getting moved yeah and I I could depending on what they get for Sabonis I think they would move him and I had Sabonis in for great role players that could be getting traded. Were there any other stars besides Turner and Sabonis that did thought were going to get traded? Uh, no, not really. Now, the first great role player I had was because uh, he's in this every year, Buddy Heal. Every time uh, someone needs a shooter, it's all, oh, Buddy Heal's getting traded. He probably hopes he does because he doesn't have to play in Sacramento anymore. But I think we could see him actually get moved because of his shooting, even though it's been pretty bad the last couple of games. The Lakers could go rewrite uh, the offseason yeah. and make the actual right trade this time and go get Buddy Heald instead of Russell Westbrook. Oh, but, no one wants Russell Westbrook. But I guess that can't happen. And then the next guy, Jeremy Grant, who's broken out really. and You know, he said he wanted a big offensive role the next team he gets traded to because, you know, his contract is yeah. up or whatever. That is – that's going to be an interesting one because I feel like a team is going to overpay for Jeremy Grant. I think Pistons want a high pick for him. I don't know what – I don't think he's worth above a 15 pick maybe. I just – I don't know. I – I'm in a weird spot with Jeremy Grant because I just I, I don't know if he's really that good, yeah, or if he is just a really good player on a bad team. I I think he's a really good player on a bad team. I think he fit in well with Denver and OKC when he was there. I think he'll have a similar role like that if he gets traded. And he doesn't want that. He yeah. wants the offensive role. But yeah. What team is going to give him that role? Because if he gets traded to a team like Chicago, you're not getting shots over Levine, Vucevic, yeah. or Rosen. Maybe the Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or who knows? Maybe the Clippers. 
I yeah. mean, I mean, if they wanted to make a run to the playoffs to hope they get yeah. PG and Kawhi back. But um, another role player similar to Grant, Tobias Harris, could be on the move. But that contract's not easy to move. You know what would be crazy? They would only move Tobias Harris because they can't move Ben Simmons. That's right. That I mean, I forget who was with earlier this season. They're like, oh, we'll give you Tobias Harris instead of Simmons. And they're like, why, why would we do that? Like, they wanted the same exact pieces for Harris. Or they wanted the other team to trade the exact pieces for Harris instead of Simmons. And they're like, that no. And I don't think they're going to be able to move him just because of that contract. And he's had career low numbers. Yeah. When he's the second option. Yep. I, 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 I was a big fan of Tobias Harris, but the fact that they gave him that contract over Jimmy Butler is it's interesting. Yeah. Philly isn't a very weird spot. Yeah. Because Ben Simmons is really hindering a lot. And I and it's because they want a star back for him. And to me, whether you like it or not, Ben Simmons is a good player. He's a very good defender. He's a very good playmaker. If you built a team of shooters around him and let him play like LeBron without a jump shot, he would do just fine. At some point, they have to weigh, can we win the chip without him? And if so, if we think we can, is it worth it for him to just not play this season? Or should we try to get role players for him and picks? Honestly, I think role players and picks would be fine. That's what I'm saying. It's If they do that, they definitely win a championship. What, what is so wrong with going to the Rockets, for example, and saying, all right, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, and two first. The Rockets get uh, the Rockets get to pair uh, KPJ, Jalen Green, Ben Simmons. Those three work perfectly together. Yeah, and you still have picks. They'll still have picks. They'll have a good point guard in KPJ, a very electric, potential electric scorer, a very good defender on the wing who's also a really good playmaker. Ben Simmons gets to play in a very low-pressure environment, and those three can build together. Meanwhile, you get a much-needed shooter and scorer uh, off the bench in Eric Gordon. And Christian Wood, you could put him off the bench, or I don't think he would play that bad next to, to Embiid. Yeah. I mean, he know, he's able to space himself. So, like, what? I mean, not that exact trade. They might not even do that trade. Maybe they value Christian Wood more than Ben Simmons. Who knows? But what is so wrong with a trade like that? I think it'd work. I really do. I I just think they're asking too much of Ben Simmons because he's made the all-star team, what, three times now? If you you want a point guard back, truly, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like. You're not getting one. You're going to have to swap him for Damian Lillard. Like, that's legitimately yeah. the only trade I could see them getting a high-level guard back because I'm not trading De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons. Ain't going to happen. And then next guy, John Collins, could be on the move. You know, They keep saying that, but they just paid him. 
But there's tension between him and people in the locker room. I'm sure there is because Clint Capella took his job pretty much. I I could see it happening if with the Hawks with where they're at. But I don't know what they get back. I mean, I feel like all young stars are fit for the Kings, right? They just don't have anybody. Yeah. But would you take oh, a... Or are you like a Marvin Bagley for John Collins? Well, I was going to say, would you take... Would you trade John Collins for Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald in a pick? I Honestly, I would. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, Marvin Bagley hasn't played anywhere near a number two pick, but you never know of a fresh start. I mean, it is Sacramento. They're known for wasting talent. Yeah. And then the last person I had is Goran Dragic. Is I can definitely see him on the move. I I'm, don't I don't know if don't he gets know, traded. Yeah, I think that he's a buyout yeah. uh candidate. I think he'll get bought out. And I honestly would not be shocked to see him return to the Heat. I was thinking Miami or Dallas. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. And then we already talked. I said players. I had players who are unhappy and wanted out. We already talked about them. Ben Simmons and Marvin Bagley. And then I think we could see some buyers at the deadline. I think we got a handful of teams. Uh, yeah. I the team that needs to be the biggest buyer is the 76ers. Like it's yeah. clear, they have to do something, man. Something. They they cannot sit here and let Ben Simmons hold them hostage. I understand he has the potential to be an elite player. It, all the tools are there if he just developed a jump shot, right? If he just developed a jump shot. got to stop waiting on it. You got to stop waiting on him to mentally grow up and be ready to be part of a championship team because obviously he's not there. I don't understand why players like Lonzo – can you know develop a jump shot? It took him, yeah, it took him a couple of years. Ben Simmons not even trying. Nope. It's at some point the mental toughness has to increase for Ben Simmons. You, you can't. I just think he needs to get out of Philly. Yeah, he's not a player that can play in that type of environment. That's okay. We see many players like that, but you can't complain when it doesn't work out, though. But, like, it's getting to the point where, like, if they traded him to, let's say, the Pistons, you know, yeah. they it won't happen. But let's just say, if he starts playing well, right, playing really well, if I'm a team, if I'm a contending team, I'm looking back on his days at Philly and saying, well, he can't handle the, the high-pressure environment. You know, he's playing really well when he has no expectations. Yeah. He's shooting the ball when he has no expectations. He's playing free when he has no expectations. Well, now we're, you know, we're going to get this guy and we're expecting him to be, you know, a star. Yeah, a key piece. Yeah. Uh, for me, I had the Bucks as buyers just because they need a PJ Tucker replacement and they need some shot creating. But I looked at it, they're over 20 million for the luxury tax. But 
there are rumors that there's going to be a package of Dante DiVincenzo and George Hill for Robert Covington for them. That would be an interesting one. Are you okay with getting up DiVincenzo for Covington? Yeah. Uh, with with where they're at as a team, yeah. I mean, George Hill's just there to um, for salary. Salary, yeah. yeah. But I think if Portland wants to blow it up, that's definitely an option. I think, realistically, Covington is probably the only piece off that. Yeah. Maybe Nurkic, but other than those two, it's probably the only pieces that get moved off that team. And then, you know, we talked about the Jazz. They need perimeter defense and a backup center. I think the Jazz have to really make a decision uh, in the offseason. I don't know yeah. if that has to happen in the, in the middle of the season, but definitely in the offseason. They have to look at their team and say – with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell supposedly not liking each other, and with just those two our star players, can we get any better? Because you can be Portland, and you can go 10 years of being anywhere from the fifth to the eighth seed and make it to one Western Conference final and – grow these players that oh donovan mitchell never ran away from never ran away from the challenge and you know he's yeah. loyal to the soil but who cares i loyal mean to the soil doesn't put uh butts in the seats yeah. it doesn't win you a championship ask dang i it's gonna be hard this season because they have no assets to trade either and then um the nets i think could be buyers just because they need a bench. Although I think the net, yeah, the Nets will do more of their damage yeah. in the buyout market, though. Yeah, and then the Lakers, they need everything besides playmaking, really. They and they have no way to get. They have it. no they assets have, or trade room. They have no cap space. They have no young talent. In typical Laker fan fashion, everyone wants to think that Taylor Gordon is an actual asset that people would want to have and would trade a lot for him he's not um this the the lakers are gonna stand pat and then i mean who could who could they trade russell westbrook for john wall that that does nothing for you that was actually talked about this year i know yeah and i'm like why i mean they're the same player yeah john wall is coming off two achilles tears and has sat out, how much better is he going to be than Westbrook? And then I, I think that's really about it for buyers, for elite teams. I think, like, everyone else, I think the rosters could be the same. Yeah. And the uh, sellers. Go. You mind repeating that real quick? I said go ahead. Okay. And then we got some sellers. We already talked about the Pacers in Portland. I think another big one, maybe like um, I think the Sixers could sell. I don't know if they will. Uh, I think the Hawks could also sell just because, you know, I think last year's run could have been a fluke. I yeah, I don't see this team making another deep run. 
And my biggest one is the Boston Celtics. I agree with the Celtics. I think the Celtics do need to sell. I think they need to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think that team failed because those two don't fit well together. I think that team failed because they failed to acquire any other talent outside yep. of those two. They had all those draft picks and they did absolutely nothing with them. They kept looking for a point guard. It was always okay. I, Isaiah Thomas isn't the one. Let's go get Kyrie. Kyrie, 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 and then, okay, let's go get Kemba. Kemba didn't work out. Now they have Schroeder. Who was the big man all those years that they needed? Al Horford? Yeah. I, they, I think this was a terrible job by Danny Ainge. And I don't this, think Brad's- yeah, Danny, Danny Ainge needs to get flack for this. For having, I mean, you look at like four years ago. Yeah. How set it looked like the Celtics were. And look at where they are now. It's pathetic. It's a terrible GMing job. And no one, absolutely no one in the media says anything bad about Danny Ainge. And I think it's kind of funny how Brad Stevens has that job. I really do. There's nothing that qualifies him for a front office job right now. Well, they didn't want to lose him. They I know. Didn't want to fire him. It's just he's what made two, three Eastern Conference Finals appearances. No finals. Come on. It's very interesting. And then we, all, I think the Wizards could also be sellers. With um, yeah, I think the Wizards will make some yeah. move. I, they they won't make the move they need to make but they'll make some move. And then it's going to be interesting because I I still feel like they've won that trade uh, getting rid of Westbrook. I agree. Just because they got a lot back for him. Kyle Kuzma, Harrell, um, KCP. You know, they got role players. Now they just need – they need some more kind of young talent. They haven't been great in the draft. I feel like. Yeah, it's looking like the the Denny pick is going to be a, a miss. Yeah. I hate to judge players off of their second gear even, but he hasn't shown. A lot he hasn't shown that much. More than a, yeah, a nice role player. Am I missing anyone else? In the East, no. In the West, a team to definitely look out for is the Spurs. The Spurs have the ability to make a lot of noise, I feel like. Uh, I feel like Derek White and DeJounte Murray are highly thought after guards if uh, the Spurs decide they want to trade them. Um, I th- the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Cavs, uh, the 76ers, all teams to look out for if you're looking for a Derek White, Shante Mary trade. I think um I think DeJounte Murray getting moved would be big. Oh, I think the Wi-Fi's crashing right now. Can you hear me? Yep, we're back. All right. Uh, did you hear with uh DeJounte Murray what I said? No. I said I think it'd be interesting for him to get moved. I 
I, I don't know if Pop would do it. And I know he's he really likes him and White, but it would be interesting. Yeah, I feel like they have to break it up. Teams aren't yeah. going anywhere. And then anyone else in the West? Uh, not that we haven't already covered. I feel like it's pretty dry cut. Yeah. The sellies are there. All right. All right. Anything else to add before we sign off here, Mr. Navarro? Uh, it's been nice to be back. Yeah. Uh, I hope everyone's having a, a great I hope everyone's had a great place in their life. And if you're not, just keep going because things always get better. That is right. You are right there, sir. And like you said, you're a family man. That's very much so. That's what we like to hear. This is it for today. We will return next weekend as well for a Super Bowl matchup episode. We'll also take a look at the NBA as usual and Maybe we'll start talking about a little March Madness. Who knows? Maybe. That is all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a great week.